Good morning, Christian world. I, uh, I've missed you, and I'm really looking forward to the day when we get together here. And I'm believing by the help of the Lord that that will not be too far away. I will keep you posted. We're listening to our authorities. We're listening to the governor of this great nation or state of Texas. And uh, we're listening to the Holy Ghost. We're listening to the Lord and, and, and asking his wisdom to direct us in a way that everyone is safe. Your safety is, uh, as I told you in, a, in an email just a, a few days ago, your safety matters. We have not done anything we're doing in closing the doors or in uh, going home. We're not doing that out of fear. We're doing that out of love. And we're going to continue to walk in the love of God. I, um, I want to let you know what we're doing. Uh, we're going to start a 30-day challenge called uh, On Your Mark. And we're going to actually start that next Sunday. I'm going to do a preview message today and uh, just kind of get you set up to go through the book of Mark for the next 30 days. Now, hopefully we'll be back in this building, but we're going to do this challenge through the book of Mark, and I'm calling it On Your Mark, and I want us to read the book of Mark together. I'll be preaching through the book of Mark, and then we'll have discussion groups and uh, small groups that talk it over and go back and, and talk over the Sunday message and uh, we'll have some questions and, and discussion guide to guide you in that discussion. And, and uh, we'll have opportunities to get together uh, until we can get together in person, to get together online. And I'm thankful for the technology. I'm thankful for my very small team that is here. But uh, God works through small teams. And we see that over and over in his book. I just feel like that right now, it is so important for us to get into this word and to uh, all be unified together and all be speaking the same language. So we're going to do this on Sundays. We're going to do it throughout the week. And we're just going to become unified looking at some of the miracles of Jesus. Now, I ask you on my Facebook three questions and ask you to reply to those. And many of you did. And I thank you for your, your good replies. I, I read over those earlier uh, and, and replied over those earlier in the week and, and replied to those. But I was asking you what lessons have you learned throughout this time, throughout this season? What do you want to take with you into the next season? Now, I didn't ask this yet on Facebook, but I want to ask you right now in your home. I want to ask you because I've, I've asked a few people. I've even asked uh, some of my camera crew. Now, right now, compared to the way you felt spiritually before this pandemic and before this stay-at-home order, how do you feel spiritually? How do you feel in your relationship with God? Now, both people that I've asked, they both said that uh, one of them said that I feel closer, feel like my family and I are closer and feel closer to God. And then another one said, I feel uh, and it, it was one of the camera crew. I feel the same, but, but one of my, my uh, media team said, I've actually enjoyed having the opportunity to serve at a higher level. And so I, I just want to say this to you. Don't let this opportunity and this time pass you by without learning some of the good lessons. And that's on my Facebook. You can go read those. And, and I encourage you to do that. And Matter of fact, whatever platform you're watching on right now, go ahead and comment. 
the greatest lesson that you've learned throughout this that you want to take with you. But I want to, I want to challenge you in this on your mark challenge, 30-day challenge. Get closer to God and get the word of God in your heart. Let, let's get into this. I'm going to just, I'm going to preach through Mark chapter 1 today just kind of as a preview. And, and I want to talk about getting Jesus in your house. Because the, the one guy said to me, I feel closer to the Lord. My family and I have had time of devotion and prayer. And I just want to say to you in your home right now, if you let this opportunity pass you by without getting Jesus firmly established in your house, you are wasting one of the greatest opportunities. You may be saying, you know what, I, I, I have regrets. I wish that I would have or I, I wish that I would have done this. Listen, it's never too late. I want someone to hear me right now. It's never too late for you to make a right decision. It's never too late for you to say yes to Jesus. And everything we do here at Christian World is to help you say your next yes to Jesus. Because you're going to see as we go through the book of Mark, anytime you say yes to him, his blessing follows. His, his directive to you demands your obedience, and your obedience demands the blessing of God. Help me preach this today, Lord. And so I, I just want to go to verse 1. It says, in the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, Jesus the Christ, in the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That is who I want to preach to you about. Now I want to preach to you about getting him in your home, getting Jesus in your home. And Father, I pray right now for everyone, wherever they are, and whatever time they're watching this, that you fill their heart and fill their home. Pray with me right now. Wherever you are, open your heart and say, Lord, let my heart be open to receive this word because I want you not only in my physical home, that the address where I live, but I want you in this temple. I want you in this house. I want to be a habitation of the presence of God, getting Jesus in your home. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I can't read this without thinking of the story. I, I love this story. There was a wealthy man and his son, and they loved to collect rare works of art. They had everything in their collection from Picasso, uh, from Picasso to Raphael, and they would often sit together and admire these beautiful, valuable works of art. When the Vietnam conflict broke out, the son went to war, and he was very courageous, and he died in battle while rescuing another soldier. The father was notified, and he grieved so deeply for his son. And about a month later, just before Christmas, there was a knock at his door, and the young man stood at the door with a large package in his hands. He said, sir, you don't know me, but I am the soldier for whom your son gave his life. He saved many lives that day, and he was carrying me on his back to safety when a bullet struck him in the heart, and he died instantly. And I want you to know, sir, that he often talked about you and your love for art. And so the young man held out this package, and he said, I know this isn't much, and I'm not really a great artist, 
but I think your son would have wanted you to have this. And the father opened that package, and it was a portrait of his son painted by this young man whose life he had saved. And the father's eyes were drawn to the eyes of his son, and he sat there and wept. He thanked the young man, and he offered him, I want to pay you for this beautiful work of art, this picture. But the man said, no, you can't pay me. Your son saved my life, and that was payment enough. A few months later, the father died, and there was to be a great auction of his paintings. Many influential people and art collectors gathered from all over the world. They wanted to just have one of these great pieces for their own collection. And on that platform sat this picture of the painting of the sun. The auctioneer pounded his gavel, and he said, we will start the bidding with this picture called the sun. Who will bid for this picture? And there was silence. Then a voice in the back of the room shouted, we want to see the famous painting. Skip this one. But the auctioneer persisted, will someone bid for this painting for the sun? We'll start the bidding 100, 200. And another voice shouted out angrily, we didn't come to see this painting. We came to see the Van Goghs and the Rembrandts. Get on with the real bids. But still the auctioneer continued, the sun, the sun, who will take the sun? And finally a voice came from the very back of the room. It was the longtime gardener who had worked for the father. He said, I don't have a lot of money, but I'll start the bid with $10. Being a poor man, that was all he had. It was all he could afford. We have 10. Can I get 20? Can I get 20? We have 10. Can I get 20? And the crowd was becoming angry. And they said, get to the real art. And the auctioneer slammed the gavel down. And he said, sold for $10. A man sitting on the second row shouted out, now let's get on with the collection. The auctioneer laid down his gavel and he said, I'm sorry, the auction is over. What about the paintings? They begin to scream. He said, I'm sorry, when I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I was not allowed to reveal it until this time. But only the painting of the sun would be auctioned. And whoever bought the painting would inherit the entire estate And all of the paintings included in that because whoever took the son got everything. Now I will tell you that God gave his son, his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is getting the son in your house, getting Jesus in your house and in your heart because when you get Jesus you get everything. When you get Jesus, you get peace. When you get Jesus, you get provision. When you get Jesus, you get a calm assurance that everything is going to be all right. When you have Jesus in your house, I'm thinking ahead to the story. I've already read the book, and I know that there's a storm coming in this book, and there's going to be a time where they're all all panicking because there's a storm, and Jesus is sleeping through it. I'll preach on that. That's another time for another day. But when you get Jesus, you get the one that can step up on the bow of that ship and speak peace, be still. I want to start this right now this morning and tell you that he is a God of peace. And I'm preaching to people that our lives have been wrecked.
Our economy has been wrecked. Jobs have been shut down. States have been shut down. Cities have been shut down. Many of those are still being held captive by people for whatever reason. This isn't a political platform. This is a Jesus platform. I'm not preaching to you politics because politics can't save us. Only Jesus can save us. And I'm asking God to touch every politician and every governor and every mayor and every leader of our states and every leader of our great nation. God bless America. Our nation needs a revival of the power of God and a revival of the word of God and a revival of prayer. And Our, our nation needs homes that are set ablaze with the love of Jesus. We need Jesus in our house. You see, we haven't been able to come to this house. It's often referred to as the church house. I want to change that. I want to add a little bit to that. Church in your house. The church that is in your house. And get Jesus in your house. While we've not been able to gather in the church house, we've had church in our house. And we're going to take. And uh, I, I told, started this year telling you that this was the year of the turnaround. That God would take Oh, I feel the passion of the Lord here today. I feel the passion of the Lord wanting to talk to us and touch our hearts and fill our home. It's, it's been a little while since I've preached. I didn't even know if I still remembered. Speaking of that, didn't the ladies do a great job this past Sunday, Mother's Day? I was so thrilled to, to see my ladies, my beautiful wife and my beautiful daughters, those sweet ladies that, that are in my house I was so blessed to see them minister to us, minister to you. And I bless you in Jesus' name. You know what? Even if I hadn't, haven't remembered how to preach, there's an anointing of the Holy Ghost. There's an anointing of God's presence that is filling my heart and filling your home and saying, I want to fill your house. That's what he wants to do. And he even said in this first chapter, John said, I baptize you with water, but there's coming one after me. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Listen, if you've never been baptized in water, you can, you can contact us. Connect with someone on the, on the screen or you can email us, yes, at cwcdallas.com. We'll help you get baptized. If you're in another country, I'll get on a Zoom call and help you get baptized. I'm about to do a Zoom baby dedication in another state. One of our members is away and uh, I'm going to do a Zoom baby dedication for them in this time. Listen, if you've never been baptized in water, you, you need to make that decision. Say yes to Jesus. It's in this book. Jesus said he wants you to be baptized with water, but he said it's not going to stop there. He will baptize you with his spirit. Getting Jesus in your house, that comfort, that peace. The Bible said that Jesus himself was even obedient to that call to baptism. He was baptized and when that happened, the heavens were torn open and a voice came out of the heavens and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen, you get your identity from Jesus Christ. You are complete in him. You are a child of the most high God. You were born to be an overcomer. You were born. I'm having to with, with, to contain my passion this morning because I feel that fire burning in my soul that God wants to touch you in your home, that God wants to fill your home and fill your heart and comfort you and strengthen you and establish you by the power of his 
name Jesus. The Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. That dove wants to settle on you. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen, right after this, the Bible says that the Spirit sent Jesus into a testing time, sent Jesus into a wilderness. And, and, and this is all in your Bible in Mark chapter 1, and we're going to be reading this together. I'm challenging you in the next 30 days. We're going to start the, the challenge next Sunday formally, but I'm challenging you to go through the book of Mark with us. Just get a little bit of this book in you every day. Draw closer to him, and you will find the miracles that he worked. You will find the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, a time of testing. Some of you may feel like this past what is it, eight weeks now, you've been in a shelter at home and a, a, a safer at home uh, environment and we're not really sure what to believe or who to believe. Someone sent me a news uh, clip on my phone this week and I replied back to them, where did this come from and which news source is this because we're not really sure what headline we can believe anymore. We're not sure what is being motivated by different motivations and different schemes. But I'm going to tell you a headline you can always trust that never changes. You can trust this news. And the Bible, it talks about the beginning of the gospel. Verse 1, the gospel means news. It means good news. I have good news for you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, and he will be the same forever. That's good news. The Spirit sent him into the wilderness to be tested. You may feel like you're in a time of testing. I've often wondered, why did, this, why did the devil come to him? Why did God allow that Satan would tempt him while he's in the wilderness in a time of fasting? He's at a time of his weakest place. But what I, what I have come to learn is, in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. In our weakness, God's strength is revealed. Listen to me. You may be sitting in your home. You may be sitting in your car. You may be sitting in the park right now. You may be laid off from your job. You may be released from your job. You may feel like you're in a time of testing and a time of weakness, but I've come to you with a word from the Lord. It is in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. It is in our time of testing that he is right there close to us. And the Bible said that an angel was there with him. The angel of the Lord came there and spoke to him and upheld him. I'm going to tell you, you're never alone when you're in a trial. Jesus will be with you, and he will send your angel to help you. The fact that you're in a storm or that you're in a wilderness, it does not mean God has forsaken you. It means that he will be with you closer than you've ever known him before. I came today to tell somebody, you will not die in this wilderness. You will not die in your storm. If he got you to it, he'll get you through it. Your obedience precedes God's blessing. And it is impossible that God will ever give you an order that if you obey him, he will not take care of you. God has a blessing for you and wants to show his strength to you. I want to say, secondly, you will never give up anything for God that he will not repay you many times over. I want to share with you, I'm going to jump ahead in the book of Mark. 
into chapter 10. And I just want to give you a few verses here. Then Peter began to speak and, and said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. And Jesus replied to him, he said, I want to assure you, whoever has given up a house or brother or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, that they will receive in return a hundred times as many houses. He said, if you give up one house, I'll give you a hundred if you give up brothers and sisters and mother and father and family, he said, I'm going to give you a hundred times in return. God is just saying to us, you will never outgive God. Anything that you give up for him, you will receive more from him. God will be a debtor to no man. That not only will you receive things in this life, but you will receive eternal life in the world to come. He went on to say those who are the greatest now will become the least important. And those who seem the least important now, Jesus said, will be the greatest then. Jesus chose simple fishermen. You'll see it in, in Mark chapter 1 already. You'll see it. He, he chose simple people. He chose simple fishermen. In fact, it was, it was the, the apostle Peter that preached that first Pentecostal message on the day of Pentecost. Listen, Pentecost is not a religion, it's not a denomination, it was a day, the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, you can read about it in, in your Bible, Acts chapter 2, that feast or that day, that appointed time, it was, it was a set number of days beyond Passover and it's coming up, we're going to celebrate that. But God allowed a simple fisherman to preach on that day. Listen, God, God chooses the simple things to confound the wise. He chooses the simple things to confound the mighty. I was talking with our outreach team about some of the things that we've been doing through the generosity of this church and the generosity of giving and reaching out, partnering with the network, being a part of them. And, and, and we, I was just talking with the network this past week, and they said that our feeding of families has gone five times normal. Normally, we, we will feed a couple hundred uh, families in a month, but now we're at over a thousand families every month that we're feeding. And, and so our outreach ministry has been a part of feeding the hopeless and the helpless and going to those who have no home to live in and keeping social distancing, but going to them and taking them food and talking to them and sharing to them Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, and he wants to take your life and do something special. Listen, Jesus can take the outcast. Jesus can take the simple. Jesus can take the broken, and Jesus can heal and make whole. I'm going to close with this story because that's how we see chapter 1 coming to a close. Jesus goes to the house of Simon, and I remember, I remember a pastor told me, when I was just a young, just a young minister, I'm still a young minister, but this was some time ago, he said, Simon Peter is the best man in the Bible. And I said, how do you figure that? He said, well, I read it right there. It says that Simon took Jesus to his house and had Jesus heal his mother-in-law. <laughs> well, too many mother-in-law jokes. I'm blessed with a great mother-in-law, and I love your mother-in-law. She's been 
faithfully with us on these Sundays, and I know she enjoyed last Sunday getting to see her daughter and, and, uh, and granddaughters. But Simon did take Jesus to his house, and Jesus healed Simon's mother-in-law. And after that, the Bible said he healed many. And, and then, then a leper came to Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to close right here because this leper, this leper came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you want to heal me, you can. If you, if you will, the King James says, wilt, if thou wilt heal me. In other words, if you want to, you can do it. If you just will. And Jesus said, I will. But the Bible said that Jesus reached out and touched that leper. Now, that means more to us today than it would have meant three months ago because we're in a time of no touch, no handshake, six feet apart, social distancing. We're trying to keep our distance because of not wanting to catch something. And that, in fact, was the case of leprosy in this time. In fact, God is the one who came up with some of these standards and distancing from those who had something so contagious as leprosy. You can read about that in the Old Testament. The, 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 the statutes that he laid out and how they were to, to conduct themselves and distancing from someone who had something highly contagious. But listen, Jesus came and he was not concerned with catching something. He was concerned with curing something. The Bible said he was moved with compassion and he reached out and touched that man with that contagious disease of leprosy. One touch from Jesus made him whole. Made him whole. What is your dream? What is your desire? What is it you're wanting God to do in you and for you and through you? I love this story of Monty Roberts. He was the son of an itinerant horse trainer who worked very hard and Monty and his dad had trained horses at many farms and stables and ranches. His high school career was continually interrupted because of his work schedule. It was very challenging for Monty. And as a senior in one of his classes, he was asked to write a paper about what he wanted to do and what he wanted to be when he grew up. And so Monty wrote a lengthy paper describing his goal of someday owning a magnificent horse ranch. He drew a diagram of the 200-acre dream ranch detailing the location of the buildings and the stables and a track and a big, a big mansion, a big home that he would have on that place. He was a dreamer. He ran the risk of putting his dream on paper for others to read. A few days later, Monty received the paper back from his teacher. And on that paper was a large red F. You failed. You failed. And when asked the reason for the F, his teacher responded, this is an unrealistic dream. You've dreamed too big. A boy like you will never have this, this sort of resources and will never have money. You have to buy this land. You have to breed the stock. and You have to pay stud fees, among a lot of other things, of course. And there's no way you can ever do this. And Maybe that teacher thought that she was doing young Monty a favor and helping him to come back to reality 
perhaps so that he wouldn't be disappointed someday. So that teacher said to Monty, if you will rewrite this paper with a more realistic goal and you'll reduce your dream, I'll reconsider your grade. So Monty thought long and hard about this for a week. He talked to his dad. His dad said, I don't know what you should do, son. I, I really feel like it's a pretty important decision for you. And finally, Monty made up his mind. He turned the same paper in, making no changes. He said, I'm still going to have that big mansion. I'm still going to have that horse farm. I'm still going to have those horses. I'm still going to have that 200-acre ranch. And Monty just wrote on that paper. He said, I'm not changing my dream. You can, to the teacher, you can keep that F, and I'm going to keep my dream. I want to tell someone today, hold on to your dream. Hold on to that healing. Hold on to that blessing that God's planted in your heart. Hold on to that desire and that dream for eternity to be birthed in you. I realize that we have an all-nation congregation, and I'm, I'm holding your country here. It's in my Bible every time I preach. 55 nations that I preach with. And if you're from another nation, I wish you'd type that on the, on, the, on the screen. Whatever platform, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or if you're at our church online platform at cwcdallas.com, God has you in his hand. God's placed a dream in your heart. I want you to hold on to that. Listen to all of our church family. Thank you for your faithfulness. I want to pray over your giving and over your gift today. You'll just hold that in your hand. And I always say to all of our church family, because we have guests here every week, and we don't ever want a guest to feel any pressure to give. But I want to pray over you. You've been faithful in your giving. You've been faithful in returning your tithe to the Lord. And God is not a man that he should lie. And I want to pray with you today. Father, you know the need in the heart of every individual. I pray with every man and every lady. I I pray with every person that's hurting that their dream has been challenged their, their dream has been shattered. I pray the blessing and the favor of God. I wish you'd pray this wherever you are right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to cleanse my heart. I ask you to cleanse my sin. I ask you to wash me. Make me new. Lead me. And I say yes to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Say amen. If you're, if you're there in your home, connect with someone. Fill a connection card. Connect with one of the service hosts. We'll lead you in your next steps. Like I told someone yesterday on the phone that's hurting, we will walk with you out of this mess. God's going to lead you. I want to bless you today in Jesus' name. I can't wait to see you back here. But until then, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he give you peace and order your steps. In Jesus' name, God bless you.